0: It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up today, man. We're talking how to make Fords go fast, and for a lot of people, that just means dumping them and getting a Chevy. Uh, hey, hey I'm hey. saying that as a Mopar guy, man. Damn. Hey, um. <laughs> careful. That's 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 blasphemy here in these parts. Up, actually, we got some guys that, bro, you know, these guys can make Fords go fast. They do it for a living. Uh, they're eating up everybody, man. I hate to say that, uh, but they really are. They're tearing they're tearing everybody up. Yeah, you're just jealous, that's all. (laughs)
1: Uh, It made me a little jelly in there. At the end of the day, you and I are all about speed and going fast. And man, whoever's doing it and whatever they're doing it in, we are all about it. So today, man, we got the Holbrook crew. You know, we've had Chris Holbrook on, you know, world famous guy for everything, building engines, going fast, and racing. Uh, Legendary guy. He's got a wall full of Wally's. Uh, But now we're bringing in the third generation of Holbrook's to racing so this is gonna be an awesome day man i'm pretty excited about it
0: see man i try not to hang out at stores that i can't spell the name of or that has things that i I can't afford and i I don't like hanging out with racers uh who are younger and faster than me so i don't know if i could talk to this kid or not i'm like ah man it's breaking all the rules but i guess i'll allow it to happen uh just this once uh but really it is a, a generational thing up there because Dude, you're in the heart of it, man. Up in Detroit where these guys are at, man, you go out your backyard and, you know, there's, there's all the legends out there from when these guys were cutting their own teeth and, you know, it was the big three and you would always go up Woodward Avenue and you know, who was, you'd find out who's king of the weekend, you know, and it, it had to be a riot back in those days and as these horsepower wars have evolved and gotten more and more, um, you know, competitive over the years, it's, it's been amazing to see where this technology has taken us.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, the Detroit Motor City, man, it is a mecca. You know, from the OE side, the supplier side, you know, and what the, you know, the the OE's are just pumping out into the, to the lands here for us to consume. And then from the racer side, the builder side, uh, the hot rodder side, I mean, it is, it's incredible to be here. You know, some of it's sad because some of the luster, you know, it kind of died down, you know, 60s and 70s. Uh, So you got a lot of, you know, the Packard plant and a lot of empty, old buildings or whatever, but it's kind of like the Greek ruins, you know? They're like, wow, that's the Colosseum, and that's the, you know, whatever. Uh, so the history is just dripping, and but nonstop, everywhere you turn, car guys doing cool car stuff. Uh, so this is going to be no short of that. Now, and I talked about third generation, right? So Chris's dad, Carl, I mean, he was a big racer uh, back, what, 50s, 60s? Uh, everything from... You know, Ford Superstock, drag racer, dirt modifieds, uh, record holder, all kinds of places, and here you got Chris that's come up in Detroit and really just put his mark everywhere you could turn, uh, just killing it.
0: Yeah, and man. now we've got Dell, Dell who just turned 20, right, and he is ripping it up. Uh, Dale just got here, man. He just He's still got the gift wrapping on him. Still, he's still knocking the gift wrapping off of him, man. Uh, you know, it's its funny because when, when them young guns come in, man, they come in guns blazing, uh, knocking out E.T.'s reaction times. Like, oh, that kid's got it, man. But, you know, when you're following Chris and Chris's shoes, that in itself is a challenge, bro, because uh, that guy talks a good game. You won't even know he's talking game about you until it's late. He's beat you. You're loading the trailer, and you got what he said. He's like, man. I just now caught what he's. Oh, turn her thing around. <laughs> uh, he plays with you a little bit, man. He's good with that.
1: Oh yeah, man. He's got all this. He's got all the secrets, the recipes, you know, from the chassis side, the driving side, the engine side. So, uh, you know, unfair advantage. I'm calling it out right now, Dell. No fair. But somebody's <laughs> got to get all that knowledge, right? We can't just let it slip away. And I'm. Like I said I am pumped that we got another generation of Holbrooks and just generically the next generation of hot rodders and racers uh coming around cuz you know we all we all kind of get nervous that these uh the younger kids the younger generations are just kind of kind of blow by cuz they're on their tablets and phones and sure. all that stuff all day long and you know don't have that same appreciation that we do but we are going to tap into it uh today.
0: Yeah, it's it's there man. It's really cool to see and uh, you know, doing as many car cruises and plugged in like I, like I am in my little area. You see this car culture, man, just blooming in all generations, ages. Uh, it's funny because everybody likes to ask how old I am, and I say I once uh, made a telephone call, and on the other end of the phone call was a blockbuster video. So that pretty much sums it up. Um, all right, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B, and we're talking hot rods and racing. Coming up next, hang in there. We'll see you after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired Up. We have the whole Brook household on our podcast today, man. I'll tell you, these guys, they know everything there is to know about racing, winning, uh, getting that Ford Oval across that winning stripe. They've done it too many times to mention, which, man, it gives me a little hitch in my giddy-up, I'll be honest. Uh, it pains me to go to a place where Ford won so many titles and they're just killing everybody. I'm like, what? what is this world we're living in? Uh, these guys have been really at the helm of it. Uh, Chris, Dale, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you guys on, man. How you been?
3: Uh, pretty good. It's, it's great to be here.
0: How about you, Dale?
2: Uh, I'm doing good. How about you?
1: <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, man, we know you're big into Ford. You've been racing Cobra Jets for years and years. You've got this special relationship Uh, with Ford, with Ford Performance, uh, a lot of their crate engine development. Obviously, the Cobra Jet, uh, you've been campaigning uh, because you guys got roped in to do the powertrain, the engine side of things, and then just said, well, heck, man, if we're going to be building engines, let's go race them too. Now, how long does that sort of relationship go back uh, with Ford?
3: Oh, it goes, uh, I mean, it goes back even with my my father. You know, back in the day, uh, he, you know, he told me stories about, you know ford's dropping parts off in the driveway you know so i mean it goes way back with him you know so uh it's nice to keep the relationship going
1: now as far as uh you know your your true love for a particular automobile you know we all seem to have one we know willie's he's he's mr bias over there towards the mopar we
3: won't hold that against him
1: yeah you know i try not to <laughs> just occasionally um but you know growing up a chevy kid i've been at ford 22 years so i mean clearly i've got blue going through my blood uh, you know, I do tend to really like just about everything out there in automotive. Do you, are, are you a diehard Ford guy or, you know, cause I know in your shop, you'll, you'll service just about any kind of motor. Uh, are there any particular ones that you enjoy or, or is
3: there something you just kind of cringe at, you know, just because, um, well, you know, I like them all, you know, but I, I really love the Fords, you know, uh, but we do them all and, you know, you know like we just dinoed would a, a small block Chevy the other day and and then uh we then we would a Pontiac, you know. So I mean, we kind of do them all here and and they're all they're all just, you know, just engines, you know. So uh we do them all and I, just air pumps. Just, that's right, air pump. just air That's right. air Yeah,
0: hey, hey hey Chris, was had Dale ever seen a small block Chevy before? <laughs> I mean, those things are getting more and more rare. It's it's weird like if somebody comes in and actually wants one of those rebuilt? That's wow, that dude What's wrong with him? (laughs) Uh, He
3: he did ask, what
0: is that? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Small block Chevy, huh? Why Um, is it orange? it's, It's crazy how much things have changed, right? That... The millions they made of those, he thought that thing would never die off. And now it really is a rarity to see them uh, come up and come through machine shops. People have have become such LS fans. It, it really is uh, something to see that small-block Chevy enter the old machine shopper in a fresh build nowadays.
3: Yeah, back in the day, who would ever think that it'd be hard to find a cast-iron small-block Chevy block? I mean, they're getting <laughs> right. harder and harder to find, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I went to the uh, Detroit uh, swap meet this weekend. Uh, and it wasn't wasn't huge, you know, like some of the ones like Carlisle and others. But, uh, you know, it was cool to just kind of go hook up with a couple of buddies. I brought my little man down there. He's six, you know, so trying to, you know, trying to warm him up to the the cool car parts. And, and it just kind of hit me, you know, like there was a whole bunch of old, you know, small block stuff in there, you know, and it was like, you know... Yeah, I guess people are still hanging on or maybe they're letting go or, you know, it, it's still, like you said, it's hard to find some of these parts. So uh, co- cool that you can, you know, at least do some swaparoos at, at events like this. But yeah, everything is just sort of morphing into the newer uh, the newer platforms, right? The LSs, the newer Such HEMIs. Such a better platform. Right? Yeah. The Coyotes and, and even these Godzillas that are coming out. Um, you know, and that's just how it works, you know. But uh, yeah, we lived. We lived definitely through the small block, big block era forever. But uh, these new powertrains and, and boost adders, wow. Uh, and yeah, speaking man. of, you guys have been crushing it. Uh, you know, if you think about that that Coyote, you know, five liters, five, two liters in the amount of power that you guys are making out of five liters, you know, an old 5.0. Um, I don't think you guys can give us some exact numbers, but can you kind of hint at, at sort of where these Cobra jets are? Are kind of landing these days, or or maybe even you know unrestricted like non-Cobra Jet numbers out of five liters. What what do you think you could make out of them?
3: Well, the Cobra Jet stuff, we're you know we're in the sixteen hundred horsepower mark, and you know we've we've uh, dabbled a little bit in uh, you know where the rules aren't so you know strict, and we've made up to two thousand horsepower with the Coyote. Yeah. Huh. Two thousand out of a, a five what? liter
0: in a five liter Coyote.
3: Yeah, isn't that crazy? you out of your mind.
0: <laughs> you, what, you, what? Yeah.
3: what? Well, you know what's funny That's is, cr- you, you know, you, you go through the traps, and, you know, you're going through over 11,000 RPMs, and you get out of the car on the, on the uh, return road, and there's these guys with these big black Chevys, in there and they got this look on their face, and they're like, I'm like, what's wrong? And they say, how high are you spinning that thing? And I'm like, oh, just 11,000, and they just hit the floor, Jeez. you know? They're like, they can't believe it.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you guys, uh, you guys remember if we go back a couple seasons now, uh, you know, we did some motor builds. Uh, Willie did a, a kick-ass uh, street rod Hemi, and uh, we built kind of a racy yep. sort of 5.2 liter uh, with Chris. Man, these guys were huge on, you know, helping with the recipe, the machine in the building, and the dynoing of the thing. And I mean, it was like falling off a log, nothing ridiculously special, um, not pushing it even that hard, and we made almost 1100 you know, at the flywheel, on you know, basically a bunch of stock parts and a blower right out of the catalog. You know, like that's how easy it is. And then you guys just stretch it out to to two two thousand rp, or sorry, two thousand horsepower, five liters, man.
3: Well, you know, we went, we tried something different this year. You know, uh, Dell, we were going to move him into a heads up class. Uh, so we are going to run a limited street in uh, N M R A. And uh, the way the rules looked, I looked at it and I said, man, to run a Whipple. We'd have to weigh like almost 3,900 pounds, you know? And I'm like, he says, well, dad, let's try nitrous. And I'm like, well, I haven't ran nitrous in a while and, and definitely not never on a coyote. And uh, the, the weight was a little bit lighter. And uh, so we ran nitrous this year and he did really well. He uh, he's actually has the fastest ET in the class. He went 794 at uh, over three thousand pounds nice
1: nice man tell us about your setup though give us a little more scoop what's the platform what your car is it so it's
2: a 2016 mustang um whole three leaks suspension turbo 400 of course the built coyote by us and it's got supplied around a 300 shot of nitrous the motor makes around 800 900 naturally aspirated
1: nice and, and, and total what, what do you think you're making with the the spray
2: um, in total, I'm guessing around 1,200,
0: Jeez. 1,300.
1: About 1,200. Wow, man. And how do you feel getting behind the wheel? Wait,
2: hold on. You make it eight to nine
0: hundred just in a, just out there rolling the streets, eight nine hundred on a a little tiny ass three three hundred chains cubic inch nonsense engine. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Yeah. That's crazy. That's just silly talk. <laughs> <laughs> man i I know
1: back in the day like 400 was just such a big number you know no matter what you were trying to get with it you know four to 500 uh and and you need a lot of cubic inches and here this thing is what 280 what is a five liter i forget
0: 61 61 cubic inches per liter (laughs)
1: um so like nothing it's like a handful of 300 and change
3: yeah yours is what 314, 314 314
1: cubic inch yeah yeah
0: Jeez. Little tiny ass I mean that's a shoebox. <laughs> God. Uh,
1: now you're making twelve hundred with some spray. It's holding together. You're you're cranking out sub eights. Whew. Man, so what was it like for you, right? Because this this is probably still rather new as far as the driving part uh, of it. yeah. Um, um I how did you tippy toe in or did you just go head first? So we
2: tippy toed in. Um last year we ran like a slower series, like a bracket series. Um, for the same racing series, different class, and we were around the 930 ranges last year, and then we did that. So we started halfway in the year and went all the way to the end, and then this year we
1: switched to heads up. That's it, man. You're in.
0: Yeah, I love heads up stuff
2: too. Uh, hey, let,
0: let me ask you this, man. Um, with the uh with the Whipple, you said you have to be like 3,900 pounds. Uh, are you guys still messing around with the? The Whipple superchargers running that big 3 uh 3.0 is that is that what you guys are yep. hanging with nowadays what's making a big power?
3: Well uh you know when I when we made the 2000 horsepower uh we had like a 3.8 Whipple. But just this year we decided uh we're going to put Dell into NHRA factory showdown and we're going to put the Whipple back in it and we're going to go uh, try to play with the NHRA boys again
0: uh, Dale boy, do you know, do you realize how lucky you are to be, I mean, just to be able to hop in a car like that and have pops over here building with all the knowledge, you know, uh, I mean, man, to get my dad out of his lazy boy and just help me put on heads would be a miracle. This dude is, uh, man, this dude's got some elements that would be immune and missing from your program if it was otherwise. Uh, You're lucky, man. It's like having
1: Smokey Eunuch as your dad, you know, like man
2: i
0: had
1: to read all the books and here you go dad hey show me this
0: how does that work dad how about a thousand horsepower naturally aspirated small block okay
1: (laughs) well what's your what's your favorite part because you get to live you know in and around the shop with your dad anytime you want uh so you got the machining parts the blueprinting parts the building parts the dynoing uh you know putting the cars together setting up the chassis going to the track Racing it, I mean, you you have your hands in all of it. Do you have a favorite part of it so far?
2: Um, I think my favorite part's just like the atmosphere, like the atmosphere of people, especially like at the racetrack, all coming together for like one thing. It's just a cool feeling.
1: Does it give you that focus, that that laser? That, you know, here's what I'm here for, man. I am, I'm just on it. I'm, I'm thinking through my 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 process. Or are you just? living it up, having a good time, hopping in the car, banging some gears, and then, you know, throwing down a party on the on the backside?
2: Um, definitely laser-focused before and during the run, but after, it's a party. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's never that much
0: fun when you're losing, bro. Trust us. <laughs> right.
2: I, I don't know where he learned
3: the partying from. Yeah, yeah, are yeah,
0: right.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, my, my dad said the same thing. We, we, we find it at that age, you know?
0: As a... Almost as a grandfather, father, son team, uh, and father, father, uh, now, you know, grandson in the mix, that's got to be a lot of pride that you kind of take with you. Uh, and and Dale, you know that weight has got to be on your shoulders. There's There's got to be an expectation uh, when you show up in your car that maybe another 20-year-old doesn't have. He doesn't have dad helping him out, but also doesn't have that pressure of, my dad is Chris Holbrook. So say what?
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's definitely big shoes to fill. Um, just the amount of history and everything through the family through the years is just huge shoes to fill. Did you ever think about becoming a
0: Mopar kid? Just you know, just one day showing up with a Challenger or Hellcat, <laughs> freaking dad out a little bit? Just no, no, not at the moment.
3: <laughs> Bite your tongue. I disown them. Bite your tongue. <laughs> yes, Blowing up in
0: a Camaro. What in the? <laughs> <laughs> You yeah. will one day. You will one day.
3: <laughs> when he started racing, I, you know, I, I always told myself, "All right, it's it's so hard to hold yourself back. It's like, okay, let's just start them out slow and then work them up. But man, it's just it's like it's it's so hard to like re- restrain and like I want him to go Yeah, yeah.
1: We do it, you know, as parents. I'm sure we do it at all scales, you know. Like I got my kid on his little Strider push bike, you know, and I'm like, why don't we go down the big hill? You know, like. we're gonna let this thing go you know like
2: well funny story uh when i had a bike at three years old i had it for a week he decided let's go jump the bike in the backyard it wasn't a great experience
1: (laughs) it's only one way to learn right that's (laughs) i was just gonna say you know how else you gonna learn it's everything's a stepping stone you know yeah we'll we'll see with my guy i i I went online and i saw these little you know push bikes these strider bikes and uh Watching YouTube videos of kids jumping stuff. You know, they're like three years old, four years old. I'm like, whoa, what do I have in store? My kids still not jumping stuff, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. And
0: unfortunately, my kids are jumping everything, which you got both ends of the spectrum. I'm just waiting for my kids to end up in a full body cast by the time they're four. I got to get them down. No, you can't put the bike in the refrigerator. Get it off. All right. We got to take a break, man. More with Holbrook, Holbrook Racing. Hey, we're going to find out there's. There's some crazy stuff going on with these coyotes, man. How do you make them fast? Uh, you can get some real good tips, some tools, uh, some tricks of the trade here in just a second. We'll be back after the break. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. Kevin Bird and Willie B. See you after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we got the whole Holbrook family on. You gotta, you gotta see what these guys are doing with these coyotes and imagine you guys. Something that's 300, barely 300, and like you said 10, 14, 15 cubic inches, nothing. I could almost curl it, I bet, if I got mad. Um, but this is an engine putting down how much horsepower, Chris? Oh, uh, we've,
3: we've made as much as 2,000.
0: It just doesn't seem right, Kevin. It doesn't seem right you can get this much power. Um, how are you guys making that much power, and where is the usable power? A lot of people, you know you may look at an engine dyno or make may look at a, um, you know, something on a graph and you get one big spike and there's the number. Um, but is it usable power? Where does that, where does that thing come in at? Where's the RPM range? You know, you said something like 11,000, which had Chevy guys popping her caps off, listening to the <laughs> podcast. Um, where, where does that RPM really start to feel power in the mid RPM range? How does that engine act throughout the curve?
3: Well, you know, amazing enough, you know, it, you can design these engines, you know, like, depending on the class, you know, like, like in the factory showdown stuff, uh, they actually just restricted the Fords to 10,200 RPM because, you know, they kept on hitting us with, uh, bigger pulleys and trying to slow us down. So now they're going to try to do it with RPM. So, uh, um, but, but it, I think, I think we'll still be okay because, uh, you know, uh, We play with these on the dyno all the time and it's amazing with especially with that whipple supercharger how much torque you can make down low and uh i think we'll be okay
1: yeah i think the na side right you you don't have the displacement you really got to wing that thing up to make power so i I imagine an na you know no nitrous whatever it you know it's gonna feel kind of like five liters but when you put on a positive displacement blower uh, you know, I know when we did ours on the dyno, if I remember the numbers right, you know, we made almost 1100, um, you know, the supercharger with a very street kind of setup, but I think it was 860 foot pounds or something like that. And I mean, it wasn't a spike like it, it was just solid because, yeah, you don't have a lot of displacement, but when you're able to push that much air in, right, and you've got that blower driving it, um, man, these things feel, they feel kind of like a big block. I mean, just get a little RPM in them. Uh, but you don't got to get them up to five, six, seven thousand RPM to feel like you're you're moving, you know?
3: Right. Yeah, I mean that it's it's just amazing how much torque you can get out of one of these, you know, with the, the overhead cams and you know the um with the with the uh, four cams up top, you know. I mean, it's just it's just amazing in these engines. They're just great.
0: What what do you make all the power at? Like, tell everybody a secret that maybe just be thinking of the normal wedge type engine or. Um, their HEMI counterpart, where are you guys able to make all this power
3: at? Well, just mostly in the cylinder heads, cylinder heads and camshaft, you know, I mean, uh, that's kind of same old thing on, 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 on a wedge engine, basically, you know, you just, you get the, the good flow and uh, get the good camshafts and, and the good thing about a coyote, you can, you can degree the intake and the cam, you know, separately without even grinding the cams, you know I mean? You know, the can't you know, you can, uh, degree the intake and then go do the exhaust and you can move them around and you can find, you can move your power band from low to high just by messing with the cams.
1: Yeah. That's one of the magic things. Now I think you guys, when you're racing are pretty much locking the cams out, you're, you're yeah. setting them what you want, but you're locking the phasing out. Right. Correct. Um, but you know, in a street application where you've got the full dynamic range, right, right off the line to, you know, winging it up at, you know, w- whatever your motor set up for a six, seven, 8,000, uh, you know, like you said, being able to, to phase both the intake and the exhaust cams separately, you know, it's like being able to put in 14 different camshafts. So you can put your RV truck cam in down low, you know, you can put your kind of muscle car cam in, in the middle and you can put your race, your three quarter race cam, you know, at the top end uh, and everything in between. Uh, So it really makes that small engine feel so much bigger. And like I said, once you do the power adders, I mean, my God, you've got such great flow cylinder head going in and out, you know, as long as you got some great exhaust to let it out the backside, man, you just push it through. Um, Now, now on these coyotes, right, you know, you say the cylinder heads kind of sort of the kind of critical component there. Um, Anything else, you know, the cylinder head and and the ability to put in umpteen camshafts because of the phasing. Is there anything else that really stands out to you guys on on some of these coyotes is that kind of like the basic recipe and then just make sure all the other bits are are giddy up and go
3: yeah you know yeah because when you make that kind of power you know you got to have a you know uh which which is amazing enough you know the 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 factory uh crankshaft is pretty darn strong you know but we definitely put aftermarket rods and pistons in it and you know you, you got to have the enough support there to withhold all that horsepower you know so uh, we definitely put, you know, better rods and pistons and wrist pins. And, you know, uh, we use uh, total seal rings and got a special honing process that we do. And, you know, I mean, it just all comes together. So what,
1: what do you guys see? Because you said the crank really good. And, and I've heard, you know, 1,000 horsepower, give or take. Uh, but what are your what are your kind of go-to numbers for, you know, as you're building power up, when do you start swapping out the, you know, pistons and rods out the door? But crank, block, um when do those typically start to to fail on you
2: um
0: when you see them from the underside of the car usually Kev, above, normally when you see them from the underside of the car
3: <laughs> when it's, when yeah, it's laying it's on the it's ground normally right. when you do the upgrade no i mean uh usually around 11 1200 you know i mean we, we've run a, a factory crankshaft 1200 horse and you know and it's it's fine, you know.
0: I right, then a- answer wow. the million dollar question, why aren't these things in everything? Why hasn't there been th- this exactly. massive <laughs> like pivot in 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 the last few years? Um, is it the size? Because the engine, albeit small, keep it it's a very wide engine, right? Is that is that counterintuitive for it? What do you think is the. I think that's
3: part of it. And I think a lot of it is people are scared of the timing change. You know, they're like, man, I don't know how to work. I want to, I don't know what I'm doing with these chains, you know, and it scares most people away.
1: Yeah, it's an extra variable that the it. chains and then just, um, you know, if you stick with factory cam timing, you know. Sure. Just let it do its yep. thing. But yeah, I guess if you start thinking about, you know, wow, do I have to manage all these cams? And it is pretty complicated if you're going to start moving them around. Uh, and you probably want to between uh, an NA application and a boosted application, especially between even a turbo and and a super. Because uh, you're, you're, yep. right your cams are different between all those applications. And if you think about a normal camshaft, Let's say you were playing around with your timing a little bit. You know, maybe you advance, maybe you retard a couple of degrees. You know, how many times is that going to take a dyno run? You know, you got to pull some stuff apart. You got to, you know, move your cam around. You got to run a couple of runs. But now you got an intake cam that can go phasing, I don't know, what, like 45 degrees or something? Like, I forget the, you know, how much... Uh, phasing ability each one so you can start phasing an intake cam from one end of the spectrum all the way to the other end Then you got the exhaust that can go from one end to the other and Then you have the combination of the two and how they overlap and interact between So you imagine how many dyno runs if you really wanted to optimize and this is what you know Ford would do is sit in a dyno Right and just keep moving the cams forever at each and every speed low point to go That's the cam I want right there, you know, so you have these huge maps of where these camshafts want to be, but, you know. So maybe that's daunting, but if you leave them alone,
0: you're probably all right. Um, right. But that's the magic that the OE yeah. delivers, right? That's that's why they had entry-level positions at Ford. Here's your job for the next seven to eight weeks. Uh, map right. out all these cam positions. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> um, yep. Have fun. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see you in three months. So, <laughs> But you really found a recipe, man, and, and you seem to – continually, you know, make that number bigger and bigger, get more performance out of these things. Um, bro, it's uh it's it's been kind of amazing ride. Did you did you at some point think that, that there was a ceiling here, or you just keep turning it up and are amazed by the results?
3: Well, we just keep turning it up and we and i be honest with you, you know, sometimes you know you look at that power number on the dyno, and you're like, holy moly. Just <laughs> surprise yeah. yourself, you know, I mean, but uh they're just great engines you know i didn't think uh you know back in the day you know when my dad was alive he you know he's like there's no way i'll ever work on one of those modular style engines you know you know and, and here we are yeah, yeah. that's that's all we work on a lot of it you know and and uh it's just it, they're just definitely uh state of the art you know what do you think he would say
1: like if he could just walk in on your dyno when you're pulling 1800 to 2000 rpm on one of these modular motors? Uh, you know, with with all the background, the history and, and whatnot, what what do you think he'd say? You think he'd embrace it? You think he'd just do a holy um, beep?
3: Well, <laughs> the only way to get him to embrace it is when when he hits that gas pedal down, he felt it himself, you know? <laughs> well, that, you know, hey, that,
1: if that's what it takes,
3: uh, you know, oh, yeah. strap him yeah, in, man. you know? Strap him in, let him go.
0: <laughs> I remember that scene in Ford versus Ferrari. Just sit down, uh, took yourself yeah. in. He takes, he takes him for a ride. You know, he starts crying. He's laughing, you know. Uh, sometimes that's the best convincer is just oh, yeah. sitting in a seat and feeling what that thing can do. Uh, it's got to be amazing. Dale, uh, when other kids, you know, I still consider you a kid, man. Sorry, but when other 20-year-olds, uh, until you can buy me a beer, uh, that's what I got to consider you. Uh, when other people your age are sitting there, you know, in line next to you, um, is, there a, is there a little bravado building with, uh, with Dale Holbrook? Is there a little – is there some talk, some chatter at the racetrack? Like, watch out! This dude's a competitor, and uh, and he's here to fight. Like, are you starting to, you know, be the man in black? You know, <laughs> like,
2: uh, <laughs> how does that feel? Um, it feels kind of good, actually. It just feels like kind of like an underdog moment. It's like, oh boy, here comes this twenty-year-old. Um, I I really don't know what to think of this kid. It's he's too new to me. Right, right. And, you know,
0: but you've been around it the whole time. A lot of the Ford guys probably know you and are like, ah, oh, I knew this day would come. It happened a lot faster than what I thought.
2: Yeah, a lot, a lot of the old racers and some of our old friends are, have watched me growing up since I was little, little, little. So it's been definitely an experience to try and show myself to them and, like, prove that I can do it, too. Yeah. And he's,
3: he's, he's really humble about it, too, which I like, you know. I mean, it's not like he goes and, you know, brags to everybody i mean he he's really humble about it and, he, and, and you know he's, he's definitely a good kid
1: well everybody respects that you know especially when you're carrying that big stick you know like yeah. everybody sees it you know but when you can just be cool about it you know it's yep. like all right take some tensions down now, now was there a moment in your younger life that you said man cars you know motor speed or did it just was it always there was there a moment did it gradually kick in what, what what's kind of the story there
2: No, it definitely was always there. I mean, spending every every moment at the racetrack was always my favorite when I was a kid. And I was always mad when I had to go back to school. And then from building my little push car at work and then putting a parachute on it with a grocery bag, the racing a race car is completely different.
3: I knew we were in trouble. I mean, he was a baby. And I mean, he's still collecting Hot Wheels, but every car... He would roll, he'd turn it over and just spin the tires. I mean, just everything, He any, anything that had a wheel, he had to spin them. You know, he was just, he was just fascinated with it.
1: Nice, man. So what do you got coming up? I just saw a Facebook post. Uh, you're going to Autorama with your car, with the MMAC?
2: Yeah, we are. Um, it's, def- it's newer. Um, last year we tried to go, but it was during our racing season. So we couldn't go. But this year it's like for a next generation modifiers deal. So they pick like six of the 25 and under kids and they get the front row, they get carpet for their cars and it's a whole cool deal. Everything's paid for. It's going to be a cool deal.
1: Wow. This, this is the Motor City Modified Auto Club, man. If, if you never heard about them, they go back to 1948. Uh, this is one of the original hot rod uh, clubs in Detroit, man. These guys, like you said, you know, racing on Woodward, racing on uh, Northwest Highway up here. Uh, so this has been around for a long time. These guys are part of Autorama and helping to host and, uh, you got handpicked, uh, with a handful of other younger folks to, to be front row. You said at Autorama, Autorama is a huge deal, uh, up here in Detroit. Uh, it's legendary. Uh, it is where, you know, some of the top builders will bring, uh, their, you know, Riddler, uh, contender. Uh, to debut it here in Detroit, and and you got front row with this uh, crew. This is this is awesome.
2: Yeah, it's de- definitely an honor. I was very excited that I was picked, and especially with the group of people I was picked with.
0: Dale, hey Dale, give me a give me a, an address I can send a uh, I love Mopar shirt. Uh, what size are you? About a, about a medium. Uh, Mopar what size rules? are you? I'll
2: send a Coyote shirt to you. <laughs> Mopar rules shirt. Hang <laughs> on, hey, it's on the way. Mopar rules. <laughs> I'll give you a shirt that says, I love RPMs. (laughs)
1: Uh, He's never seen those before, so he he doesn't
2: know what he's missing, (laughs) you know? know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well... You know he's banging shifts at fifty two
2: hundred. Hey, where, That's do, where we get the party started? Where do you uh, yeah.
0: where do you find more about you guys and what and what you're doing, what you're building, and and can ordinary people, man, if people are listening to podcasts, they got you know the old twenty sixteen in their garage can get, they get one of them Dell uh, Nitro specials or 900 naturally aspirated <laughs> three three hundred two cubic inch Coyote engines that uh that, that bark, <laughs> you know. Uh, twelve hundred with a little spray on it. <laughs> yeah, tell us. Uh,
1: where can people find you, Chris? What's the best place to follow you and and track you guys down?
3: Really, you know, uh, Facebook. You know, HolbrookRacingEngines.com. Um, we got a, a website, and uh, you know, that's about it. Yeah, and the <laughs> racetrack,
1: and right here in Detroit, man. He, he is a centerpiece. That's right. Uh, well, guys, man, it's awesome having you on, Dell. Uh, great seeing you again, man. Having you on as well, uh, so we'll definitely have to stay in touch with you guys as you you know you're doing your thing, because uh, we'll be following and tracking. It's uh it's so cool to watch.
3: We're also building a new car for uh, a new class that's coming out at NHRA called uh, Factory X. So it's going to be like a pro stock car with steel roof and quarters, but the late model engine. So it's basically be a step up from the Showdown, but it's going to be the late model engines, you know, like the drag pack. Ah, uh, the Copo and the Cobra Jet, but with a Pro Stock chassis and a Liberty transmission behind it. Wow,
1: that that should be fun. So that to should watch. be pretty cool. So that's coming out for next season or coming up this season.
3: Well, we're we're building the car. I think this year is going to be like an exhibition deal, but I think it'll be a a a, a real class next year. But they say they're going to have some races this year. But everybody's building the cars. I don't know when they'll be ready, though. You know, Jeff Turk's got his ready. Uh, he's about the only one that's ready, which is the drag pack version.
1: We'll be watching. All right. Yeah, we'll tap into you guys later on the season, see how that's shaping up, and maybe, you know, follow along next. Sounds great. Sounds good. Awesome, fellas.
0: That's awesome stuff, man. Thanks for our guests, Chris Holbrook and Dale Holbrook. Be watching for him in the uh, racing lanes. Probably don't want to line up with him. That's when you get your buddy in front of you. Man, I need to line up with the guy behind him. Just a. Uh, Go, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Find him at Holbrook.
3: Was it Holbrook Racing, Chris? HolbrookRacingEngines.com.
0: There you go, HolbrookRacingEngines.com. Hey, we appreciate your all the time. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And don't forget about our show. It airs weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Uh, you could also find us on Motor Trend Plus, which is our streaming service and a great resource to find us. Thanks to our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker. For Kevin Bird and Willie B., it is the Two Guys Garage podcast. Yeah, don't forget to check us out. And our website too, two guys and share your
1: thoughts we're everywhere on social facebook instagram and twitter at two guys garage now this two guys garage podcast it's copyright of course 2022 britain oh 2023 breton productions incorporated Snap. all rights reserved all right guys always fun talking about speed chris i'm gonna have to swing by the shop check out the latest yes, please do i uh, hope you guys had a good time with us check these guys out everywhere man uh, we'll catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast.
0: Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.